0: this podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone listener discretion is is advised
1: advised. we may have made a mistake by talking prior to turning on the microphones i mean (laughs) I mean really we should walk in and do the, like that point at the eyeballs thing and point at the thing thing and like not actually talk until we get to a microphone maybe
0: Well we were waiting for the guy to fix my windshield That's true. And
1: so how did your windshield break? What happened?
0: Well, let me get to that. I'll first say, um, if you are turning in for the first time, welcome to an episode of Glamazons and Labracons where two women at Office and Ends of the height Spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I
1: was freaking about the intro.
0: I am the six-foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black.
1: (laughs) I am the five-foot furious Rochelle Sharma.
0: (laughs) And we, if you listen to our past couple episodes, and if you are new, go back and listen to our past couple episodes, because we're talking about... um, did talk about things to watch as far as yes. television shows, and then our last episode, Things to Watch with Regard to Movies in 2021. And today is, um, look what did I say?
1: I don't know, it was something clever. Look, listen, learn, I don't listen to you. So,
0: yes, yes, that was it. <laughs> look, listen, learn. We're going to talk about, um, what you read in, yeah, and what you, what podcasts are you listening to, right, etc. But yes, to answer your question, um, a, a rock hit my windshield again, mm-hmm. and gave me problems again and needed to be replaced mm. again because i cannot
1: imagine that that was cheap because everything with minis is expensive
0: no, it's free windshield oh you got that on your in- oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah. especially oh, yeah. in this state yeah, yeah because i don't know if you've noticed after living here for you know 30 some odd 40 years or 80 however long you've been here <laughs> <laughs> is that all not as you? long as you <laughs> All of uh, the highways here, for some reason, some genius decided to decorate all the shoulders with rocks.
1: Yeah. Rocks are a big decoration here. They're like, you know what Arizona needs? More rocks. We need rocks rocks. rocks. on all
0: of our highways so so cars can kick them up. And then in addition to that. Mini Coopers, which I've confirmed not only with the insurance company every time this happens, but with the person replacing my windshield, they just do a lot of Mini Coopers. Mm-hmm. Or really, not just the Mini Cooper, but any German car. They have the same problem with like BMWs I and Volkswagen. It's, the it's angle. angle. Yeah. It is absolutely the angle, something with the angle of the windshield and the particular height of mm-hmm. the car
1: i do not have that problem with my vehicle i bet not. i do have a couple of chips i got whacked um uh, god you know when we first got the car and Is it was like two mu- yeah it was like two months old somebody driving down the freeway you know flipped a rock into it we got it replaced A week after it got replaced, one more rock hit it. And so I had this tiny little chip down at the corner. And my husband was all kinds of mad. And I said, look, this may be just a thing. Why don't we wait till there's a couple of them on there before we call and get this done again? Because it's a pain in the ass. And he said, okay, fine. And that was 10 years ago. So I've had that one chip for like 10 years. And I thought, okay, that's great. And then I want to say last year I got one more rock thrown at me
0: thrown at you yeah you know that happened at me to me in high oh school. no not
1: thrown but you oh. know when a little car zips by too quick and you see and you know they're gonna hit a rock and you know it's gonna come right for your windshield you can just tell by the way they're driving ah fuck I'm gonna get a chip in my windshield and sure as shit the rock came flying and it hit way high up on my windshield and so I can't even see the chip the little teeny weeny star it's tiny it's in the area where you know they put the uh black strip between oh that's really high yeah yeah it's really high no water gets in it doesn't bother me and i'm like okay well i'm not even gonna tell mirage i don't even know if he knows it's there
0: and just wait for him to see it yeah and he hasn't said anything he hasn't
1: said anything so this this happened
0: uh, um it was a it was a semi Mm. and it was it happened immediately and it was big and it was right in my line of sight Mm. right there so there was no, and if, when you're putting in your claim, it says if you have a crack or if your chip is in the line of sight, they just do the whole windshield. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I usually have one about every year now. This is my third windshield now oh on my this car, God. just on this car.
1: You haven't even had that car that long. No, not really.
0: I mean, I'm still huh. paying for it, but yeah, and on my, my past many, I think I had four Four or five windshields. Jesus Christ. It's a problem. That's, that is a problem. And because they go to fix the chip and then in this heat, it eventually just spreads to a crack. Sure. So you can go ahead and try to fix the chip if you want. But anyway. Hmm. So yes, as we mentioned earlier, I digress about the car. But um, yeah, what are we reading and listening to? What are you reading and listening to? Because I count um audiobooks as reading. That's good. There's nothing like a smell of a book. I love a bookstore. And I was thinking, knowing we were going to record on this today, when was the last time I was in an actual bookstore? Because, you know, they're kind of a dying Mm -hmm. um, institution, right? But I was in a wonderful, I think, two two story, might have been three story, Barnes & Noble in Oakland. Mm. And that was several years ago when we went to San Francisco to see a show and we stayed on the Oakland side. Um, lovely Love that smell mm-hmm. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say Yes We should I, put that in a scratch and sniff sticker um, Remember yeah. they used to do pizza Oh yeah Pizza was always like Dude
1: I, <laughs> I freaking loved those scratch and sniff stickers I had yeah, all of them Except for the roller skate what did that smell I like? I don't know because I never got that one. That old stinky cheese. That's what I thought it would smell like. But yeah. I can't. Maybe it smells like leather or something or maybe it smells like that remember. spray that they spray in the shoes. But then why wouldn't it be a bowling shoe? I don't know.
0: Um yeah, but the smell of a bookstore. So I do you don't get that no. in an audiobook, but what and I do quiet, get the quiet,
1: the stillness of a bookstore is really nice. The stillness, yes, it's
0: mm-hmm. hard to find that that quiet. And I do like just sitting down and reading a physical book and turning the page and putting a bookmark. I have some lovely bookmarks, but time does not always allow me to sit. And most of my time where I do get to enjoy the book nowadays is like when I'm in the car. Mm -hmm. So, um, I count and you should count too Like oh well, then you're not really reading and you are reading you're listening you're reading it's words I used to read your body A lot a lot more yes. than I do
1: Currently um, But being able to get to the audiobooks Has been oh yeah I've been consuming again as far as books Go
0: yeah so let's talk about Those because you were mentioning One that you're into right Now mm-hmm. um, Was that a no it's a book or is it a podcast or a book we're gonna get to podcast too. Well, let's start with books. Let's start and then with we'll the move book. to podcasts. But wasn't the one you were talking about that scared the that scared you? Oh when yeah. You were... So
1: I finally <laughs> I feel like such <laughs> an idiot. For years I've been trying to get into the apps that let you borrow from the public library. Yeah, like
0: Hoopla. Right. Mm-hmm. I have Libby. Okay. Um but is I, she nice? Does she dress yeah, well? I like I like <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like Libby. Um I could not remember my password for my library card. That's a whole other episode. So I had to call Phoenix Public Library. They have a customer service number. And um, I was like, you know, I hate to say this, but I, I got my library card 100 years ago. I signed up for the... Uh, the electronic account for them. And I yeah. said, but I don't, I don't know my password. And then the lady just laughed. She goes, if you've never changed your password, then your password will be your last name. And I said, oh shit, really? And she mm-hmm. started laughing and she goes, do you, you know, do you have your device? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, try and put it in. And I did and it opened right up. And I was like, oh, for crying out loud. And she started laughing. She goes, don't worry. These calls make my day. What's <laughs>
0: like. I wonder what mine is you know, the thing is, it's every system I put it into doesn't auto remind. So I really don't know any password. I hate it when I get the pa- I'm dealing with that right now because I changed a password for something like on my computer, but which I also have an app for on the phone. But now the app password doesn't match the computer. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a problem. So I hate that shit
1: apple will make passwords for you and they're long and complex right. and they're complete gibberish right and i don't allow it because there's no way i'm ever going to remember that password
0: well ever, that's what i've done ever. but i did it on the computer because my computer does it too microsoft or what have yeah. you it's like here we're no, going to well, come no, up with this thing with a bunch of crazy then, gibberish and now it doesn't match the one yeah on my and now so i'm gonna have to type that in yeah you know
1: a lot of these <laughs> places are like old password confirm yeah. new password I make my own passwords. I have a note file on my phone that is all of my usernames and what email it's linked to and the passwords. This file is massive. If I ever lose access to it, I am screwed. It is every password I have made for probably the last 20 years. There's an app.
0: (laughs) There's an app for that. Yes, my
1: husband has that app. My husband has the app and he just shared it with me. I'm scared of it. I'm like, no, I need to set up a password. Right. (laughs) He's like, no, you just do this. And I'm like, no, I get that. I but look, I've it. been operating yeah. off of this stupid note file for as long Forever. as I've had an iPhone. All right. Which dig- has been a long
0: time. We've digressed again. But yeah. Yes. So now that you've got all that set up, you start. You So I start this book.
1: immediately start. So the first one I get into, I'm like, OK, who do I really want to read? And I had been kind of in a Stephen King mood. So I just go in and I find, oh, the Institute is available. Great.
0: Yeah, so, I have that on, on Audible. I haven't started it yet, but I, um, I got it some time ago.
1: It's good. I liked it. Uh, interesting. Oh, you so finished I re- it? You finished mm-hmm. it? Oh, yeah. And then I did Dr. Sleep.
0: I love Dr. Sleep.
1: And I, I have to admit, I wasn't sure when I did Institute, when I started it, and I was like, okay, I see where this is going. It feels like a continuation of a storyline that he's had before. Um, and then Dr. Sleep is most definitely a continuation of The Shining. Um, yes
0: I read it right when um, Right when it came out Before I knew they were going to make it into a movie Yeah so and then I was really excited When the movie came out and the ending is quite different But yes it is a continuation of The um, Shining
1: I really liked it I really liked I, both I liked the
0: book and I liked the movie I, I, thought, like, they, I thought they did a really good
1: job I with think the movie. they yeah I like that he didn't Try to change anything About The Shining he Right. He just said okay Well I wonder whatever happened to You know Yes.
0: So, yes, that That's was good. So, The Institute, and I haven't read that one
1: yet. In the start of Dr. Sleep, he makes a reference to a character in Joe Hill's book, Nosferatu. And I'm like oh that's interesting so I look up the book I look at the writer I'm looking at the writer and I'm like Jesus Christ he looks just like Stephen King King." who is Joe Hill and so I looked into who that was because Joe Hill is the author of one of my all-time favorite books which is a book called Horns and if you haven't read it I highly recommend it it is just a really fun but tragic but beautifully written story. It's something else. It's totally worth the read. And then I do also highly recommend that you watch that movie. Because it's so good.
0: Is that Daniel Radcliffe, by chance? Yes. Okay. Daniel so Radcliffe. So you liked it this whole time and never knew that it was had Stephen no King's idea. son. I had no idea.
1: I just thought that Joe Hill was a really, really great writer. Well, it for runs horns. in the family. Right. Apple right. didn't fall far from the tree. No, it did not. I did know that Stephen King's other son was a writer. I hadn't really read anything from him damned if i can remember that guy's name um but i did not know that joe hill was his son and i had read joe hill i had read horns and i think because this was quite some time ago i had read um either a short story by him or a collaboration with him and really liked it can't remember what it was
0: owen king owen king is the other son but joe hill joe hill looks a lot like stephen king yeah Owen King, not not as much. Oh, really? Similar, but not Let as me see. not as much. Picture? Here's his. Oh, yeah, not as much, but uh, uh, get, what, what, yeah, he doesn't have so, that
1: crazy look in his eye like Stephen King right. does, but Joe so, Hill definitely does.
0: So, you're listening to Nosferatu, yes, right? Okay, and you messaged me that t- tell us because uh, oh, okay. I want you to give us a, sh- a short demonstration, not enough that oh, okay. we will be sued, right? But I want you to play so.
1: <laughs> Do you, should I flesh out the entire situation?
0: No, I want you to just play, you know, your No, like, I mean the situation I was in. Well, yeah, because that'll okay. lead into an so, upcoming episode. Go, here, here in
1: Arizona, we just became recreational. And so I've been dipping a toe, okay? And I had myself a little indulgence. And then I was like, oh, I've got to do this activity. You know what? I'll listen to my book. Oh, I, I just got Nosferatu. Let's start that up. And it is read by Kate Mulcrew. And the introduction to the main character, Charlie Manx. I don't know how many of our listeners listen to like audiobooks. Some of some of the people who read these just try to read them. Some of the people who read these try to like act out the parts a little bit. Um, so Kate Mulgrew does her rendition of Charlie Manx and scared the piss out of me. Well, we need to this hear a sample voice, of this. And yes, I was high, but it <laughs> got, and I was listening on earbuds, and you know how if you turn on the noise canceling and it's just directly in your ears so it feels like the sound is coming out of the middle of your brain? <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, really yes. listen to it with earbuds on it scared the shit okay, out of so me like i froze in terror for a moment and
0: you must have because you messaged me to tell me so yeah. that this is like happened. this is really good weed so like, oh. and
1: skate mill just scared the <laughs> shit out of me so i
0: need to i need to we need to hear it okay we need Here, to hear what this a second. is just put it on speaker okay okay
1: He'd made dozens of them disappear back in the nineties. Oh, that's fucked. He had a house below the flat irons where he did what he liked with them and killed them
0: and hung Christmas ornaments in their memory. Oh the shit! Called the place uh-huh. the house. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, that's
1: good stuff. Part, <laughs> she, she starts Charlie talking in his voice. Oh, yeah. That's why. I mean, I was really into girls it. And boys no older than her Don't worry, it. it's coming. She reached forward with one hand to slide his eyelids closed. He caught her wrist. She screamed, couldn't help it, and dropped the bag of blood. Your boy, Josiah, Charlie Mank said to her, his voice grating and harsh. There's a place for him in Christmasland with the other children. I could give him a new life. I could give him a nice new smile. I could give him nice new teeth.
0: Fuck that shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know you're gonna have to edit that down Oh my goodness That's creepy It reminds me of um,
0: When I was little And it scared me Listening to um, You Wanna Be Starting Something The Michael Jackson song On my new Dolby headphones And it gets to the part where you go, you're a vegetable, and then the you're, you're, you're a
1: vegetable, you're
0: vegetable, and then you can hear the
1: you're a vegetable. Yeah, you know, that's fucked up. I don't f- like that song for that reason either. I listen to it in <laughs> earbuds, and I'm like, fuck that shit, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, like <laughs> that's Google
0: scary. That's shitty. But um, at the yeah, that's very sinister, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Okay, so it's sinister. But I'm I'm also very intrigued, and I might have to put this on my. <laughs> Uh, yeah (laughs) oh my my god just for the writing of it it's very uh, i like the visual imagery and what have you it's very literal
1: um so because i was doing something you know certain phrases popped pop in my head and make me really pay attention and so when she says that his eyes were open and he was staring at her and then he describes him as not just being old, but being like a moon with all cratered with and liver, the liver spotted. And, that looks like Keith Richards like, oh, with no hair oh and sharp little that's teeth. So, and then she kind of goes back into, oh, well, all these people are like this. And it calms you down again, right? But then when but he, then he grabs, grabs her, her wrist, and back. she, yeah, it's like, ugh. And then he's like, ah, you're a kid. I could take him to Christmas land. And I'm like, oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> what a description she was the, good. She really draws you in. Good with the... Did what he wanted to with the children and then put a Christmas bulb on the tree. Yeah, oh, that's puts an ornament up there for him. All right. All right, so, okay, let's do a 180 because what All I'm right. listening to is completely different from that. <laughs> Jeez, Lord. I'm glad I was in oh, my, my kitchen goodness.
1: during that part because if I would have been out on one of my walks, I probably would have audibly screamed.
0: Well, I can understand why you would. Well, I get scream. really
1: into the books when I'm out walking. I'm. Granted, when I'm out walking, I don't use the noise canceling. That way I can hear if a car is coming up behind me. I don't get startled by it, you know. One thing real quick on
0: on narrators of those who write for King, whether it be Joe Hill or Stephen King. Will Patton is the actor who narrates a lot of uh, Stephen King's books. Yes, Stephen Weber is another. He he does The Shining, and he does it. You might remember Stephen Weber from yes. Wings.
1: I actually like Stephen Weber. And Stephen
0: Weber was actually in the television version of The Shining, mm-hmm. so he does a pretty good job. But I I am becoming more um, partial to Will Patton. And if you heard his voice, you might not put it together to who he is. He's he's like the the dad in Armageddon, the hmm. one who at the end. Here, this guy.
1: If I yeah, show me a picture so, because I believe that Will Patton is the one who narrated Doctor Sleep.
0: Yes, he did. He did narrate Doctor Sleep. You have to, like, tip
1: it a little mm. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, he does a great job. He did a really he good does a job, really great job on Doctor Sleep. A, yes, he does I, a lot of the. I Stephen don't comb-books. know who like. narrated the Institute. I think he. Someone I don't else said the Institute. Was something else. But I digress. So uh-huh.
1: what I'm. Let's talk about what you're reading. Probably won't scare you into poop in your pants.
0: No, not really is. okay. so I'm I'm reading Memoirs and Misinformation, Uh and it is Jim Carrey's memoir. Oh, and it's it is narrated by Jeff Daniels. Oh, and you would think how
1: interesting. interesting. Yeah.
0: Dumb is being narrated by Dumber. Right. But it is not a memoir per se it because it is memoirs and misinformation. so it, a lot of it's fake. Mm, in okay. fact I don't think I I don't know what I have read that is real yet or it, it is the whole thing hyperbolic mm-hmm. It's a lot of Hollywood people bullshit um and they're like doing yoga and but I think it's all made up. the he has a girlfriend in there that's made up. the scenarios are made up. So, so but, it's, but, it's a
1: work of fiction as a work of nonfiction? Is that what you're saying?
0: Okay, so I'm not going to read this whole um, review by uh, the Washington Post. Okay. But there, the beginning of it just says, um, leave it to Jim Carrey to tell his truth best through fiction. Mm. Consider his flexible filmography, blah, blah, blah. It's clear that the 58-year-old actor has never been one for convention. So it is very unconventional. But it's almost, for me, like it's trying too hard. I need to hang on for it to get more interesting. Okay. So if you like weird um, and maybe dry humor and you have to pick out what's real and what's not real, then you're really going to like it. Hmm. So far, I'm just like, um... I need more. I might need like a you know a vampire grabbing a woman and threatening her in a scary voice. <laughs> <laughs> I might need that instead. You know,
1: no, I mean, um it does sound intriguing.
0: It says um the Carrie we meet is a fictionalized version of the comedic icon, depicted okay. in third person, and he's on the edge, okay, like tired of Hollywood, totally depressed. Um, so is this
1: just Carrie projecting into a character it looks like it okay. it sounds like it that might Makes have some sense. merit though that might yes. be kind of a fun story to read
0: sure and I'm not saying it doesn't have merit or doesn't have any truths because you know there's usually some truth in, in that fiction nothing's funnier than the truth thanks Toby so that is what um, I'm reading and again it is um, Memoirs and Misinformation Jim Carrey and also written by Dana Dana Vachon Bacon. Vachon. V A C H O N. Vachon, if it's maybe. French, maybe. So I, that's, uh, that, yeah, and, and not scary, hmm. other than, you know, how scary can Hollywood um, pretentiousness be?
1: I am currently <clears throat> reading, because I will read a couple of books at a time. Um, uh, definitely, I'll have like an audiobook that I'm listening to. This is what I prefer to do, is listen to an audiobook. And then when I'm in a situation that calls for, like keeping my ears open, but I have time to read. For example, if you have an appointment somewhere and you're in a waiting room, just waiting to be called. So I'm reading an actual book too. Like, well, I can't say an actual book. Sorry, it's Kindle on my phone. I uh, One of my favorite authors is uh, Chuck Palinwick. Oh, yeah. And I am reading Adjustment Day.
0: And he wrote Fight Club. Yes. For those who...
1: Yeah. Um, And Adjustment Day is going a little it's a little difficult not because the story is not good that is not it it is because the subject matter is uh, a little too close to the bone with recent political events mm. um, so much so that it makes me a bit uncomfortable i should see when he wrote adjustment day but it was very bizarre that some of the sentiment in it was almost mirroring exactly what was happening in current politics and i'm like oh that's kind of weird the thing about that i love about chuck palenwick is all of his books all of his characters they don't stop where a normal person would stop Do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. uh, there's even like weird people but even weird people will stop at a certain point not chuck palenwick's characters oh they just keep going down that road and it's just delightful. Like the and always, fight club yeah. Like Tyler uh, where where someone would be like, "Hey, wait, maybe I should." No, there's no such thing as. Hey, wait. There's no such thing as questioning one's own motives in a given situation. There is just go forward with this, with this idea you have. I love it. I love Chuck Palinwick. But yeah, Adjustment Day, um, so far great, but a little weird and a little too like right here, right now for me. So I've kind of put it down a couple times. And you're sticking
0: with Nosferatu.
1: Well, yeah, that's the easy one to go to because I'll put on an audiobook. like got to go out for a walk in the evening you know, trying to be somewhat healthy, trying to get my 30 minutes in. Once I heard myself talking about my resolutions, <laughs> I was like, oh God, I sound so smart and good looking. I should do that. So I've been making an effort every day when I get off of work um, to go out Try and get some 30 minutes in, just walking through the neighborhood. Um, can't really read a book while I'm doing that. Do have to watch where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, then at home, if I'm making dinner, I'll put on an audiobook and just sit and, you know, I'll be cleaning or cooking or something and listening.
0: So um, on the subject of, again, the Kings real quick. Mm-hmm. I did recently buy a book on Audible for me to read when I'm done with my and information, or like I said, I might pick it up, or you've kind of intrigued me with Nosferatu, so I might do a switch. But it um, it is called If It Bleeds by Stephen King, mm-hmm. and it is also narrated by Will, Will Patton, uh, Stephen Weber as well, and Danny Burstyn, hmm. and it's new for new novellas. Oh, Which he does very well.
1: Yes, he sure does. So, and I saw that in there, but I did want to get through Doctor Sleep first. first.
0: So, yes, that is on the list. Okay. For as far as what else is going on in this household, um, Teal is listening to Ready Player Two. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's kind of big right now, and that's narrated by Will Wheaton. Oh, really? Stand by me. Hey, that's cool. So, yes, the sequel to Ready Player One. And I imagine they'll probably make a sequel to you that what, as well.
1: You know what cracked me up about Ready Player One was that mm. the first Easter egg was in adventure, and I'm like, oh my god! Do you know how long I played that game as a kid? That I was did my too. favorite game on Atari. And all you were? were a I square. still have. Yeah, I still have it. It still works. I was looking. I can to plug see it. it in and play it right now.
0: I'm, I was looking to see if there was an app where we could play it. Oh I no, I
1: have gonna... an Atari. <laughs> I still have my Atari from when Does I was a tar-
0: kid. You have a. Twi- uh, yeah, six, what was it? Sixty no, two hundred? No, twenty
1: six hundred. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, with the wood Here grain. There I go again with the flip flop. Yeah, it's got the wood grain. It's got and the it still, works. it still works. Oh my god, I'm
0: coming over.
1: Yeah, we need to do that. Uh, so I that was hands down my favorite video game as a kid. Oh my god, Mind I could you. just play that for hours. Let on me end. ask
0: you real quick: Is Nosferatu by Joe Hill. Do I need... Is there a, a prequel? Is there anything else I need to know? Uh,
1: as far as I know, second part is Christmas land or Welcome to Land. So this land. is so the this first is, one. This is the first one. Okay, great. Yes. I'm
0: going to... I'm looking at it right now and I'm going to add it to my wish list. Okay, so moving on from what we're sort of reading and are listening to, I just want to take a brief look at the New York Times bestsellers. And there's... Yeah. The New York Times has a lot of bestseller lists. You know, you have... Your combined print and ebook fiction is like their first list, and then you have your combined print and ebook nonfiction, and then your hardcover fiction, and then your hardcover nonfiction, and then your paperback trade fiction, which you told me is like the big paperbacks, mm-hmm. right? That look like they could be a hardcover, but mm-hmm. they're. Um, and a lot of the books uh, repeat, but there's a few, for whatever reason, that are better sellers when they are a soft big cover than the you know, hard cover. <clears throat> but one that is repeating on several of these lists, actually two of them, um, combined print and ebook fiction and the um, what do you call it? The paperback trade mm-hmm. are two of Julia Quinn's books of the Bridgerton series. Oh, okay, yeah. so there's a few of those, but books one and two, the du- the Duke and I and the the V Count who loved me are at um, number two hmm. and three. So that makes sense because yeah, everyone's does. watching or has watched the series Mm -hmm. on Netflix, which was really good. So now they want to read, read about Miss Daphne Bridgerton and what have you and her reputation. Right. And yeah, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually surprised looking at um, these lists that Lupin has not gone off, which is a classic Mm -hmm. is not on these lists, but it has encouraged me to take a look and see if that would be a good reading for, you know, the high schoolers, which I think it would. So another book here. Um, nonfiction. Of course, Cicely Tyson's, um, autobiography just went to number one. And ironically, right. she, I, I was listening to an interview with her, like, just a couple days before she Aww. died, um, you know, promoting her book. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? At least she got her book out. So right. hers is at number one on the nonfiction, um, list, followed by uh, Barack Obama's A Promised Land. And um, a book called *Cast* by Isabel Wilkerson, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalism and aspects of the um, caste systems across civilizations. Oh, interesting! And this book is number four. It is Matt McConaughey's *Greenlights*. Now, I haven't read the book yet because Hmm. I was listening to him talk about it in detail on *Armchair Expert*, which is a podcast I listen to with actually. Right. So. Before we get into podcasts, do you have any other books you want to talk about? Because that we can just segue right over into no. Let's segue into
1: some into p- some podcasts. podcasts because yeah.
0: we here at Glamazons and Leprechauns um, know that you have a choice in your <laughs> <laughs> listening material, and for sure know that you're not just simply listening to us all day. If you are, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, um, there are other podcasts. But the, out yes, there, there are plenty... I'm not saying stop listening to no, us. No, we're not but... saying stop
0: listening, but we're saying. There's stuff we listen to that we very oh, much enjoy. I am enjoy. an avid
1: consumer of podcasts. I am an avid
0: consumer of when I have time as well. So there's there are a couple I want to talk about because one will have to do with an upcoming es- episode. It ties into something we're going to be talking about mm. as well. But my number one go-to for um, podcast is Armchair Expert with yes. Dax Shepard mm-hmm. because it's candid. They talk for a long time. You know, I don't, I don't really like football. I don't watch the Super Bowl. But after I was listening to my other podcast, a repeat that they're doing, an encore episode with Tom Brady came on. And Mm -hmm. it was just so interesting that I was listening to the whole thing. And it makes you interested in people that you wouldn't even think you would be interested in. And the ones that you are interested in, you're even more interested in.
1: You know, I think that I, I personally was very surprised to see what a natural interviewer dax shepherd is he's yeah. really very very good
0: he's really good and i believe i think he has like um a bachelor's in anthropology yeah. from back in the day and he well, you is you know not, if
1: you look at some of the characters that he's played i was i was <laughs> really shocked when he started talking i'm like wow
0: oh. no, he's really he's not like his character well. not at all as well yeah <laughs> no not at all he's very intelligent and he's not afraid to um let the uh, person he's interviewing know how enamored he is with them. Uh, that was what his I was family. Like, not
1: only is he a very learned person and intelligent yes. that way, he's very emotionally intelligent. Yes, it and it's so striking because based on some of the characters that I've seen him play, emotional wasn't
0: intelligence wasn't something that <laughs> he's came been typecast. Out. <laughs> he's been typecast for sure. But so um, bringing those two together with the books, he was interviewing Matt McConaughey, who mm-hmm. was promoting his book Green Lights, and they. The two of them had met at you know someone else's like house for a weekend retreat, and there was drinking and or I don't know whatever. Dex Harper doesn't drink anymore, but um, anyhow, you got to hear a lot of these stories from Matt McConaughey that are in his actual book. So I feel hmm. like I've kind of I've kind of <laughs> read or heard most of the book already. That doesn't mean I probably won't get it after, you know, maybe the Jim Carrey book and maybe the Nosferatu. But it is at number four on the nonfiction list. And it is narrated by Matt McConaughey himself. Hmm. So, yes. about all right, um, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> God. <laughs> so. That poor man. Just based on what <laughs> I know so far and what I've heard. Um, a good read. An inspiring read. Mm Mm -hmm. um so that's mine what is a podcast you are listening to right now
1: uh tippy top on my list is a podcast called red-handed it is a true crime podcast it's these two uh really hilarious awesome ladies out of england and they not to say that a lot of these crimes or these killers have been done to death but they manage to take something that maybe has been repeated frequently and they do put a fresh spin on it and they are just really funny and they uh treat the victims with respect and they treat the uh what would you call it not the uh the Not the victim, but the aggressor. What do you call? Well, I'm asking you because you have a master's of the universe in English (laughs) language. If there's anybody who should
0: know a word, no, it's English literature that's different. Okay, well,
1: there's still lots of words involved in that. There are lots of words. What would you call that? that? Not the killer. I guess the The killer. Suspect? No, because it's proven that they're the ones who did it. So it's past being suspect. The guilty party? Maybe just the killer. Anyways.
0: The killer sounds yeah. fine. I'm they okay they with treat killer. the killer
1: as, you know, they just make fun of them. But it's it's really hard to describe. It's done extremely well. They do a really good job with their research. Uh, there's really good chemistry between the two hosts. I do highly recommend it. They are a lot of fun. That's and probably my tippy top one.
0: There are a few um, in the top 10 of podcasts always. There are at least two or three crew, uh, crew trime. There we go again. Mm-hmm. Crew trime. There are two or three true crime podcasts so, um, for all of you crime junkies out there. In fact, one of them at number four right now is called Crime Junkie.
1: Yeah, that's the big one. I don't
0: I don't care for that one. Okay. I, I don't know.
1: It's something about the hosts, the speech patterns. I just
0: don't care for it. I'm, I'm not, not girly enough. Something. I don't
1: know. It's not to say that they're bad. It really isn't. It just doesn't appeal to me.
0: Um, A few others on the list. Of course, we have the Lincoln Project is up there. So American politics is in crisis. Mm -hmm. The founders have spent over 200 years electing Republicans, but now they've sparked a nationwide movement with a singular mission to defeat Trumpism
1: political podcasts really aren't my bag i tried a couple of them and i was like "Mm, i find i just don't care for a while ted
0: cruz's was number one he had he had a podcast but it's not you know it's kind of lost its its luster right now that the election is done so um the daily is usually at number two that's new york times You get your daily Mm -hmm. news and what have you for your news there's also the bible in a year which is at number three right now if you want to uh get in mm-hmm. your bble not so much here no thanks not so much here but number 1 um and you say you're listening to this right now and i find it so interesting the premise is the apology line
1: mm-hmm. i'm listening uh, to that one all right, right so i
0: have i've heard a, a news article about it on NPR but tell me tell me about it is it that like f- okay from what i understand here's what i'm reading if you could call a number and say you're sorry and no one would know, what would you apologize for? So for 15 years, you could call a number in Manhattan
1: uh-huh. and do
0: just that. Uh-huh. So this is a story of the line and the man at the other end who became consumed by his own creation, Correct. known as Mr. Apology.
1: Right. It's about, um, um okay, so it's narrated by this gentleman's wife. The guy's name was Alan Bridges. He was an artist. He actually started the apology line as an art project. He started posting flyers, um, you know. Do you want to apologize? Left a number. He had a giant answering machine. The line ran 24 hours a day. He would just review the apologies that would come through. And it was all kinds of strange confessions, I guess. Um, And then some of the calls started to get weird, uh, most especially revolving around one particular gentleman named Richie who was a confessed serial killer. Oh shit. Yeah. Um I want to say it's on either episode 3 or 4. So I I do listen to it. It comes out once a week. So far it's been good. Um I feel like the the wife is a pretty good storyteller as far as telling the story of this gentleman as he goes through the experience of running the apology line. Uh so interestingly enough, when it starts out he gets a confession of murder and the police are like hey um we want information on this and he's like I'm sorry it would harm the integrity of my project for me to give you uh this information you're just gonna you can take what you can from the recording I'll be on a radio show I'll play the recording you guys listen in He's like, but other than that, I'm not going to help you. It will wreck the integrity of this. The idea is that this should be completely anonymous. I have to stick to that. Um, He got death threats and not from the same person as the original murder confession person. So he gets death threats. And then I'm sure the police were like, hey, it's going to wreck the integrity of your project for us to protect you. So he went into disguise for a couple of he did this really cool art installation where he had set up telephone booths and then the people could come and get into the telephone booth and pick it up. And it would be running recordings of all these apologies. As the line progressed, he would get more and more calls from this guy named Richie. And they started to develop almost a relationship uh, through the apology line that's kind of where it's going and then he does have a point in time where his outgoing message is sort of directed to this Richie character Um, and then he debates for a while whether or not to stop the line entirely he had sold the rights not to the calls but to the idea to gosh I want to say it was HBO but I could be wrong to make a movie out of it well the the movie was totally different but a lot of the people who called the apology line were really pissed off that he had sold out um and then later down the line when he had decided that maybe he was going to stop running the apology line a lot of people were very upset about that too they're like no you have to keep this going and i don't know the rest because it hasn't released much more than that, but it's really good. And I you're highly all recommend caught up? it. I I think okay. I am. I might not have listened to this week's episode because I can't remember what day it releases on.
0: So it's not just you're not not just listening to a bunch of people call in with their apologies. No, no, it's okay. the
1: wife telling the story of the experience of the po- the apology line. Okay, interesting. It's good. I recommend it. Wondery has some really good podcasts. Um, oh my god, what was the one that I listened to? Dr. Death Yeah he has got some excellent ones he has an older one called Dr. Death Um, If this, you this haven't been, listened like, to it stuff, right? Kind of know it's about this guy Who was a surgeon uh, And what he did And the medical malpractice That surrounded him mm. Let me tell you something One of the best podcasts that I've listened to. It was so good. It will make your blood run cold. It'll make your blood run ice cold to hear some of the details in this. He did a uh, wondering. Did another podcast just after that one called Dirty John. That okay, was a good one I had one. some
0: co-workers that were listening to Dirty John Yeah, and that They was made good. a movie about it on like a, You know,
1: I didn't feel like I needed to watch the movie After, after the listening podcast. to the podcast I just couldn't see how a movie would even remotely improve upon it That's how good that podcast was
0: So here's one I just finished And I kind of like ones like these that are short that have just a certain number of episodes. Yeah, like maybe a like season like worth of episodes and the subject worth. is covered. Yeah. Right. Like five to six episodes or so. Mm-hmm. So this is by Serial. Um, And Serial is an investigative journalism podcast mm-hmm. hosted by Sarah Koenig. But depending on which season you're listening to, it might be narrated by someone else. And if that name sounds familiar to you, um, she's one of the developers... Um, or her show is developed by this american life on npr okay so sometimes yeah she does it did sound excerpts familiar. for that and i got into it a few years ago when the first episode was about this kid in high school adnan syed who was accused of killing his high school girlfriend ex-girlfriend um, and it was never solved. And they go into the details of all mm. of the information. They, this eventually turned into a documentary on HBO that talked about it. Because mm-hmm. up until last, I think last year, the year before, was he was still having um, trying to get a retrial really? and kept going back. And uh, they've they've denied it, but he claims he's innocent. And there's a lot there that that makes you think it was somebody else. So I got into that true crime story, but and there's been a few since then about a couple of different things. And because of an incident that happened with me, as far as being a teacher last week that we'll we'll get into in one of our upcoming episodes, someone suggested that I listen to um, a particular podcast. And then when I looked into it, I found out it was also a serial podcast. It is their latest one, and it is called Nice White Parents. Hmm. It's set in New York, New York's attempt to integrate public schools in a particular... District for some time through decades and decades and decades since like the 60s, and basically, everything that comes down to where they're going to put the school, um, what they're going to raise money for, and all of those things depend on really the opinions of white parents.
1: Mm. Hmm. Well, that sounds like something worth inter-
0: worth it listening to. Is, that sounds very interesting. It is very interesting because they have you know video recordings of like during their PTA meetings, and and then what happens on top of it is you'll have these white parents fighting like oh let's put the school here like they 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 get involved, they they do all this. Uh, the news will get involved. Mm. It will get a lot of publicity. Mm. Okay, let's move the school here now. The school's moved here, and then they don't even go. Hmm. So like the changes they even fight for. In order to quote unquote make it better, then they don't even go, and so now you know it, there's a lot How of stuff bizarre. like that. It, well, it like, isn't bizarre. It, so yeah, it's very like oh geez, it it makes you it makes you uncomfortable, and it, yeah. it, it it and people gave it to me to you know listen to after what happened to me when it just seems that the almighty white dollar mm-hmm. has too much control over mm-hmm. a large part of the school system that you might not think of like yeah, even does make right m- yeah. exactly and it's it's um it's just another systemic problem wow so yes well i'm definitely checking that podcast out it is and i like the way they they just they do their investigation and they'll be like, okay, I had to turn off the recording here. They asked me to turn it off, but yeah, they let them into the PTA oh. meetings and they let them in and they'll go on. These will be investigations going on for years that they do and finally report on. So they're cool. So I think there's five or six. Um, and I believe I just finished that. I think so. Let's <clears> see a little less on the cerebral. <laughs> uh,
1: I listened to a podcast called Coabana. It is, uh, Retelling of Japanese horror stories, urban legends, things like that. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of the lady, Tara A. Dalton, I believe. Hang on, I'll look it up really quick. Okay. Um, Oh, my sweet goodness. Do you like it? Yes, because uh, this is not something I can listen to at work because it's, it's very sort of spellbinding. And... Since I work so much with numbers, I can, you know, type in the numbers and stuff and listen to these stories and I'll get really into these stories and someone will come up and tap me on the shoulder and I'll scream because they're scary. (laughs) So I can listen to that podcast at home where if a family member startles me, I'm not like freaking the entire office out. Um, Yeah. Oh, Tara A. Devlin. That's it. Oh my goodness. This is a fun podcast to listen to, especially if you want to listen to something and um just really get into it. If it's a dark night and you feel like getting spooked, check it out. <laughs> Which is all
0: all about oh, you. What's yes. so what's it
1: called once more? It's called Koabana. K O W A B A N A. True Japanese scary stories. Okay. And um Ooh, wee. She talks about some of the urban legends and stuff. So like and the grudge the doll. type. No, B. remember I. the story about the doll where you have to like open up the doll and put in your fingernails and your hair and sew it no. back up with red thread and That's, stuff like that. Oh, it's scary.
0: Yes. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's really scary stuff. Yeah, like the grudge. Mm. They're very much stories like that. But you know, Japanese horror. The basis for what scares them is so much different than the basis for what scares us that it's new, you know, it's yes. new. Like I could watch another zombie movie. It takes a lot to scare me now with
0: zombies, <laughs> it takes, you know, it takes a lot it to scare you in lot. general.
1: But if it is the Asian horror is so different that it's like being little and scared of something again because it's different it's not anything that i have ever thought of where that could be an issue
0: right there there aren't that many tropes correct yes, there, yes. it's new sorry so that
1: would be a great way to describe it it's sure. not the same old trope it's not the wolf man no it's not the frankenstein it's, it's not, not the final vampire. girl it's not the virgin right you
0: know final girl any of that um okay so before we end i just wanted to go back because i have a better explanation here in the new york times oh, that okay. introduces. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice white parents because again when we have an upcoming episode um, we're going to be talking more about this subject with uh, because of how it relates to my job as an educator Mm -hmm. um, trying to make my way through the understandings of the politics of private school systems we will say Mm -hmm. of course this particular podcast series is not about private school but it's relevant in this same way. So here's, here's their little setup of it. We know American public schools do not guarantee each child an equal education. Mm-hmm. Two decades of school reform initiatives have not changed that. But when Hannah Jaffe, Hanna, Jeffy, Hanna Walt, a reporter looked at inequality in education. She, she saw that most reforms focused on who schools were failing black and brown kids. But what about who the schools are serving? Mm -hmm. In this five-part series, she turns her attention to what is arguably the most powerful force in our school's white parents. And so, yes, we will be talking about that in an upcoming episode, in addition to some other things to make it not so serious. Mm -hmm. But with that in mind, that is what we are reading and listening to. If you have... Any suggestions for your favorite books, audiobooks, or podcasts, write to us. We want to hear what you're reading and listening to at feedback at galpodcast.com. That is feedback at com. We love to hear from you. Please write to us. Send all of your dirty photos to Rochelle. Yes. Me
1: definitely oh one last podcast i won't describe it but if you're a history buff there's a podcast called dark histories that is really really fun it's just weird old timey historical stories i love it you should check it out
0: all right that's the cherry on top yeah so listen to something good read something good feed your head yeah feed your head feed your head we'll talk to you next time (laughs) bye Bye.
1: send me dirty pictures (laughs) lots of them (laughs)